Our Old Testament reading for this evening comes to us from the prophet Zechariah, the ninth chapter. This is the reading that we often associate with Palm Sunday, as this is the prediction or the prophecy of Christ coming and riding on the donkey into, uh, into Jerusalem to die. But this, this also reminds us that our Lord is coming to us in our burden, in our need to provide salvation. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem. And the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall speak peace to the nations. His rule shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you also, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare that I will restore to you double. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading comes to us tonight from the letter of St. Paul to the Roman Church. We've been going through Romans for the past several Sundays as is part of the readings. And Paul is always laying out this division of the law and the gospel. And the law is the words that God has given us to do. And the gospel is the forgiveness that we receive. But because we've received forgiveness does not preclude us from also listening to God. St. Paul lays out this difficulty. As Christians, so often what we want to do is the wrong, is what we shouldn't be doing, and what we should be doing is often what we don't do. St. Paul writes, Know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. No, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want, is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite you to please rise as we hear from the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. 
Glory be to thee, O Lord. In this portion of Matthew, Jesus is praying to the Father, and he's thanking him that, uh, that he didn't reveal the, the truth of the gospel to people who just have very intellectual minds, but to those who uh, maybe don't understand it, but can receive it by faith, and reiterates that what Jesus brings is not to burden us, but to lighten our load. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be to each and every one of you through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Perhaps you've heard this saying that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting new results. We see this play out perhaps in our relationships with people that we care about and love when they make foolish choices and the same problem keeps happening to them. The hurtful thing that they've done before ends up causing the same trouble that they continually complain about and we pull our hair out and think, it's so obvious, quit doing this stupid thing you're doing and things will work out. Or maybe we see it in our own lives and get frustrated when we fall into this same trap. Our own patterns, maybe in, in how we deal with our loved ones, maybe the way we speak with our spouse or the way we discipline our children or the way we deal with a boss or are the boss. And we fall into these patterns and habits that don't bring us the results we would like but we tend to go back to them because it's what we're used to. It's difficult to break out of those cycles, isn't it? It's difficult to not let our tongue lash out instead of stopping and thinking, maybe I shouldn't say this. It's difficult to remove an addiction from your life that you feel like is under control until it isn't. And then it becomes a problem. Maybe we don't see the harm that our patterns and our behavior is causing. Maybe we don't see that what angers us and how we react to it is the same over and over and over again. And therefore it causes the same trouble. It's hard to break out. It's hard to break out of a cycle of harmful thoughts and actions. I think as Christians, that, in, that struggle actually is a little bit intensified because as Christians, we feel we should know better, right? 
We've gone to catechism class. We've gone to Sunday school. We know the Ten Commandments. We know God's law. We know what God expects of us. We know what he says we should say and shouldn't say. uh, We know he says what we should look at and what we shouldn't look at, what we should do and what we shouldn't do. We know all of that. We know the Lord's divine law, so we tend to beat ourselves up when we get stuck in those same cycles of doing the same weary, foolish thing and getting ourselves into trouble all over again. Maybe we think, oh, I'm a bad Christian because I don't follow what God has told me to do. Or maybe if I just believed harder, this wouldn't be a problem for me. Maybe if I could just follow God better, this wouldn't be the struggle I'm facing. But frankly, that's not the way reality works. And today in our epistle reading from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, I hope you heard that Paul, this great champion of the faith, Paul, who this very building and congregation is named after, Paul, who traveled the world creating congregations, raising them up in the midst of pagan churches, in the midst of of, of people who never heard of Christ, Paul, who would preach even if the people were ready to throw stones at him. Paul, this guy who seemed to be the ultimate Christian, even though he started off as a persecutor of the church, now was on fire for Christ. And what does he say? He says, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. No, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am. You can hear the desperation and the frustration in Paul, can't you? And maybe you can reflect some of the same thing or understand it at least, the frustration of saying, I know the right thing to do. I know the right thing to say. I know what I'm supposed to be acting like, but I just can't do it. I find myself doing the opposite of what I'm supposed to do, saying those things that I kick myself for later, And here's Paul, the pastor of pastors, the defender of the faith. 
He acknowledges the reality, the frustration. The good that I want to do, I don't do it. And the evil I know I'm not supposed to do, I end up doing it. Paul doesn't say this to give us some sort of excuse and say, well, I guess we're all going to fail anyway, so do what you want. You're going to do it, so well, just enjoy it. He's articulating the struggle of the Christian. That just because we know God's law, just because we know his expectations, just because we, somehow, we, have, we have learned it, doesn't give us some sort of insight into being perfect. It doesn't give us uh, the, the, the special magical power that, ooh, now that I'm a Christian, everything's going to go swimmingly, and I'm going to tame my tongue, and I'm going to have control over the things I do. No. In fact, becoming a Christian highlights how utterly impossible it is. Because being a Christian and coming into this church does not mean you think you have it all figured out. The reason we come to church, the reason we hear God's word, the reason we read God's word is because we are lost. And we are in need of forgiveness. We are in need of being put back together. We are in need of guidance, of love, of grace. We struggle to fight against, as, uh, as Martin Luther puts it, the old Adam, the old sinful self who wants you to just do those things that you know are wrong. We struggle against it. We fight against sin that creeps up and beckons us back. But my brothers and sisters in Christ, this is not a struggle that we face alone. Jesus in his gospel today tells us, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. We labor in our struggle. In our struggle towards fulfilling God's law. But no matter how fervently we strive for it, no matter how often we, we do exercises or meditations or think about how we are going to act or what we're going to say, we will always fall short. We will always have those moments that we look back on and kick ourselves and hate ourselves and say, I am so foolish. But it's in those moments that we see truly the purpose of Christ's grace. He did not come to make us a perfect people. He did not come so that we would just suddenly know how to act right. He came so that in our brokenness, we could see him putting us back together. He came so that in our death, he would bring life. He came so that in our sin, he would bring forgiveness. 
So we have this experience of being frustrated by the sin in our hearts and the sin in this world, but what that should do, instead of driving us to despair of saying, I'm a terrible person and I'm never going to get it right, we, it drives us straight back to the cross to say, you're right, I'm a terrible person and I'm never going to get it right, but there is one who was a perfect person, still is, and got it right, and that's Christ. The one who died for me. The one who came because he knew I wasn't going to make it right. The one who came because he knew I was still going to be a mess sometimes. Even though I do the things I don't want to do and I don't do what I know I should, Christ still came and died for me. That in our failures and in our successes, in our frustrations and in our excitement, we can always look to Christ only to Christ. And it's only in him can we truly find that comfort and relief of, that, of our burden being lifted off of our shoulders and placed on him. Because that's what he did. He took our burden. Took our sin. Took our need of fulfilling the law and made it his own. And so we find that our identity is not in how we succeed. Our identity is not in how well we do. But our identity is in the one in whom victory is assured. Our victory, is in, our victory and our identity is in Christ. So we share the frustrations of Paul. We acknowledge that we don't always do what we want to. And sometimes we don't do what we should. But at the end of the day, each and every day, each and every moment of your life, you can still look to the cross and say, but I am God's child. He has saved me. He has redeemed me. He has paid for those mistakes. He has paid for my sins. And the burden is no longer on me, but Christ took it from me. At the end of our reading from St. Paul today, he says, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.